0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them.
0: Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. I am Steven Serda. Kansas City Chiefs picked up a huge win in Jacksonville against another AFC contender. The defense was absolutely dominant on Sunday and the offense was a little lackluster once again, even in a Kansas City Chiefs win. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Swain, uh we ready to hit the panic button on the Chiefs' offense just yet, or, or do we need to chill out a little bit?
1: I think chilling out is is okay uh, right now. I look at this situation, and I feel like if you wanted to see some positive signs and you can only pick one side, I think you might pick defense because ever since Andy Reid has run this offense, the Chiefs were always near the top five, if, if not – The the top 10. And I think over that greater sample size, you're going to end up seeing that. This is only a matter of time before the Chiefs offense figures it out. I mean, they're they're just between Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and some of the weapons that they have, Travis Kelsey working his way back to 100%. I just think that eventually it'll be okay. So you have more of an unknown about the defense, and it looks very young and very good. And I think you can count on the offense eventually figuring it out. And the bottom line, too, is kind of played the same game as last week. The defense was good, offense not so good, but it just feels a lot different when you're able to get that victory.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I just think that we, we put so much emphasis on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and how special they are and how that partnership has been so special for Kansas City and the Chiefs as a whole – that I think we overestimated the development time that this wide receiver room is going to need. And the offense, sure. You can be concerned about it, but I tend to think that they're going to get better as the season goes on. They're going to find roles for some of these guys. and, And hopefully you'll see them step up and start making bigger plays and being more consistent because on Sunday, even in a win, we saw Patrick Mahomes hanging on to the ball for a long time because the wide receivers weren't, ge- weren't generating separation and Travis Kelsey's on a snap count, even though you know he finds the end zone, but they're still working him back and, and making sure he's a hundred percent healthy for the entire regular season. And we're just seeing a lot of growing pains right now. And I think that we really underestimated the amount of time that these guys were going to take to gel and, and kind of find their way this season in the NFL.
1: Yeah. And, it's new look, and you got to get a lot of young players, and you're figuring out your identity.
0: And I think you know, Rasheed
1: Rice is going to be a player that's better at the end of the year. Same thing with Sky Moore. As long as Kadarius Tony can stay on the field, I'm sure he'll be better by the end of the year. Certainly Justin Ross in the back end of that room. I think, yeah, you know, when it's a, some new players, and you don't have that experience that you maybe had with a Juju Smith Schuster, and you're trying to find out what your identity is and who are going to be your go-to guys beyond Travis Kelsey, there are some growing pains. And I didn't think Kelsey looked completely right. I don't blame the Chiefs for, for playing him uh, in this game. He's just too good and takes up too much attention. And I think you saw uh, the benefits of having him on the field, even if it's not you know that full 100%. But as soon as he's 100%, it just changes the game for your receivers as well. And so I'm not so worried about it right now. I think the Chiefs have plenty of time. I think you got to remember who your opponent is too. I don't think Jacksonville is too bad of a team. I expect them to be in the postseason. Uh, I expect them to compete for the top of that uh, AFC conference. So yeah, wasn't the prettiest win today, but I, I think you'll take uh, any any scenario where you got more points than the other team, even if that's a, a 17-9 victory, which is a little bit atypical than we've seen for the chiefs in, in recent years
0: i don't remember i think we did mention it on one of the arrowhead pride reports last week the you know the juan taylor quick first step in whether or not it's a penalty or, or where you sided with that but i brought it up on the arrowhead Pride rapid reaction show and juan taylor obviously had uh, a rough game in his return to jacksonville on sunday but had got called for multiple penalties and at one point exited the game uh, Andy Reid pulling him out and basically just saying like chill out (laughs) like you got to calm down and get this thing figured out because we can't keep having you getting penalties like this but I I tend to think like while it was a rough game for Taylor and obviously the Chiefs are going to have to make some adjustments to his game and that's something they got to figure out quick because they can't have him doing that on a weekly basis I also think some of this was kind of bogus where it felt like he was in a way being targeted by referees like they were paying closer attention to him than any other individual players on either side of the ball. And I think that is a, a blatant, like competitive disadvantage for the Kansas City Chiefs. At least that's how I felt about it during Sunday's game.
1: Well, it it, it it was definitely a case where the referees were hyper aware. I mean, the NFL had to get involved last week when you have your opening game and Chris Collinsworth can't stop talking about how the referees are missing calls. So, of course, they're going to be trying to make sure that Taylor, first and foremost, uh, is uh, onside and not having these false starts and I think you saw the product of that anything close it seemed like they were going to call on Sunday and I I tend to think he's going to get that attention until he doesn't anymore and I think Andy Reid noticed in the middle of the third quarter that this guy was a little bit rattled and so he pulled him out after he got two holding penalties and three plays and I was kind of curious if it would be for the game but he ends up going back in and you know, you kinda have to expect a long leash because you're not talking about just any players, Steve. You're talking about a player that they gave a four year contract to for what, eighty million dollars. So this isn't a, a scenario where hey an offensive lineman young kid broke through and he won the job and now maybe it's too big for him. It has to be a, a situation where you gotta feel confident in in Taylor and so checks out for a little bit. Andy Reid said he ended up having some good blocks toward the end of the game and so they were happy with the the break for him I know that uh, as we've mentioned though he's going to be getting that referee attention uh, until he he starts to kind of disappear into the background so to speak they always say that the offensive line is this this thankless job because you're only really noticed when you know you're having these problems and uh, you know, he's he's seeing a little bit of that right now, um, and, and you know the sooner that he can get some consistency back to his game, the better.
0: Yeah, uh, and obviously he's going to have to make some adjustments here, and the Chiefs are going to have to figure this out. I just. I was a little frustrated by the whole thing where it was kind of made this show uh, on Thursday Night Football with Chris Collinsworth mentioning it over and over again. And then the NFL comes out this week and says the referees have been instructed to, you know, throw flags on it and pay closer attention to things like that. And it just feels like this was all something that Taylor's been getting away with his entire career in Jacksonville, where it doesn't have as many eyes on him on a weekly basis. And now he's playing for the defending Super Bowl champion. So it's all of a sudden an issue that he's being singled out for and i i don't agree with that um but i think the chiefs will get it fixed and, and overall you know, the offensive line had kind of a tough day in jacksonville but that's a good defensive line that's a talented young defensive line so i'm not particularly worried about that unit but i think the biggest surprise of sunday was just the chiefs dominance on defense and we talked all preseason long like you know this defense has as much talent on it as any defense that Patrick Mahomes has had on the other side of the ball during his time with the Kansas city chiefs. And we saw in week one that they put together a really strong performance without Chris Jones out there uh, against a really good lions team that exploded on Sunday for, and put up a bunch of points and, and an overtime loss to the Seattle Seahawks, but they're an explosive offense. And then you add Chris Jones into this thing and Chris Jones on Sunday was absolutely dominant against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Chiefs defense uh, against what we think is going to be one of the powerhouse offenses of the AFC just completely shut them down. Did not allow Trevor Lawrence to do anything all day. We're putting pressure on him. The secondary played great. It was just incredibly impressive performance from the Kansas City Chiefs defense.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I I think that is a a good thing because you're seeing once again that the defense can maybe match what the offense is going to be. I mean, I just think we know that the offense is eventually going to be a top five offense in the NFL. We didn't know that about the defense. We didn't know that it, it was capable of efforts like that. And I think now we do. And so now the expectations get higher. We've been hearing for a lot of years, even dating back to when Tyron Matthew was still on this team, that this defense wanted to be a reason that the Chiefs win games. And Justin Reid was able to, I think, take on uh, that challenge and has embraced it. And you hear that type of thing from Chris Jones and Nick Bolton and, I think you're seeing it these first two weeks. Had the Chiefs pulled it out last week, it would have been because of the defense. Uh, they pull it out in week two because of the defense. And if the offense can can get where it needs to be, I, I think you might be running into a situation where it's like the beginning of 18 where the Chiefs could be blowing teams out. you just got to have both, both of these sides of the ball, both of these phases kind of match up with each other and, and see what you can do once you feel like the offense is in a better place.
0: So, I brought this up on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network this last week uh when Chris Jones reported to the facility and we got to hear from him earlier in the week and you know finally got a glimpse of him at the podium and you know we didn't know at what kind of shape Chris Jones was going to be and obviously he takes care of himself really well but you know missing off-season workout programs, missing all of training camp, missing week 1, you got to wonder whether that guy is going to show up and actually be ready to go and ready to dominate. And he looked like he is incredible in incredible shape. And his performance on Sunday highlighted that even more, obviously he wants to play and he wants to have a career year because he's probably not going to be with the Kansas City chiefs next season, at least based on reports from Adam Schefter that came out on Sunday morning. And so he's got to hit his incentives to get paid this season and then possibly become a free agent. And Go out and and become one of the higher paid defensive players in the NFL, even more so than he already is. And I just was not prepared for how good he <laughs> looked. Feet like I just was not prepared for him to look as dominant as he did in the in the playoffs last year and in the Super Bowl in week two after having none of this offseason stuff, none of the hits, none of the reps. We talk about how important all that stuff is, and Chris Jones was just like, "I'm good. I don't need any of it." I'll show up and I'll get sacks on day one and everybody will be happy.
1: It's, it's incredible to see uh, Steve. I, and I, I think in a weird way, it's, it's kind of good that the way it worked out, because what the chiefs ended up buying them, at least for 2023 was this bonus contract year. And they built in all these incentives. Chris Jones is, he's very clear on what he needs to do this year to get more money and, that include the defensive player of the year effort. And in like half the snaps today, he looked like one of the defensive player of the year candidates. And yeah, I think ideally a lot of folks in Kansas city would have liked to see him locked up long-term because he is the type of player that we saw on Sunday, but at least for 2023, it's a situation where the motivation is very clearly going to be there. It should be there for all 16 games, 17 games that you have left here. And I, I think you can just wait and see uh, if I'm betting. I would say that's probably likely that, that Chris Jones will be elsewhere next year. So if you're a fan of the Chiefs, you should enjoy what he's been able to do on a day like Sunday, what he's going to be able to do for the rest of the year, and you try to get one more championship out of it. Uh, and then you never know. Maybe maybe you'll, we'll all be wrong about this, and the Chiefs will come to you know a two or three year agreement uh, following this season, and he'll stay in Kansas City. But I, I you know, based upon the reports and the feel of the situation, it does feel like the the last dance so to speak for jones and the chiefs
0: yeah and i hate to think that way but it kind of seems like that's the road that we're headed towards but you got to be impressed with the young defensive players from the kansas state chiefs and mike dan is another player who's in a contract here might not be back with the kansas state chiefs next season but he's having a really strong start to the year george Karloftis. Looks like he really has taken another step and has been great through two games. And then Felix and Ndike Uzama looks really good as a rookie pass rusher. It's this, this chief's defense. Like I think last week we were really talking about this Dallas Cowboys defense, the New York jets defense, like those defenses look like totally dominant and overwhelming. And all of a sudden I'm kind of talking myself into the chiefs kind of being in that mix with those kind of defenses, the way this defensive line looked against Jacksonville, And then you factor in that they're going to add Charles Amenahu in week seven, once he comes off of the suspension and this defensive line that without Chris Jones was this huge question mark for the Kansas city chiefs, all of a sudden looks like it might be the best and deepest group on the roster. And maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but they just looked that good. And I was that impressed with their performance on Sunday.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in the second week and so you don't want to get too excited one way or the other, the other, like, just like we're not, fretting about the offense, uh, you know, the, the defense can kind of regress back to the mean, if you will, but so far so good. And, and again, I, I think this start to the year for Kansas city, although it ended up in one on one is, is probably what the rest of the league didn't want to see from a quality of the defense standpoint. I just keep going back to the same point. I just, I think you eventually know that Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid and the offense are going to figure this out, especially as Travis Kelsey gets back to hundred percent. You inject the defense in, and Patrick Mahomes doesn't need to get to the thirty-point range to win games. Are you know are the Chiefs going to go sixteen and one? You know are we going to go back to that week one and say God, uh, they they could have potentially had this undefeated season? Like because I agree with you. I just think if the defense is able to replicate what it's done these first two weeks for the rest of the year, I, I just don't see the Chiefs losing a lot of football games.
0: I totally agree with you and you know, this week uh, in week three, they will host the Chicago bears, the and two Chicago bears who have looked very bad through two games so far this season, they come to arrowhead. So that that's a favorable matchup for the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, they've got some more favorable matchups on the horizon over the next month or so. So we could be looking at a team that's, you know, five and one or, or something like that here in a month after their impressive showing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. And I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. As always, please make sure you're locked into ArrowheadPride.com. We got everything you need to know. We'll hear from head coach Andy Reid later on Monday afternoon. Uh, and with all of that, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Me and Pete will be back on Wednesday with another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report.